Well, we're excited to welcome you back, and we're bringing you the fifth episode of the Genuine Mississippi podcast. We've been exploring the very best of everything grown, raised, crafted, and made right here in the great state of Mississippi. I'm your host, Commissioner of Agriculture and Commerce, Andy Gibson. And today it's all good because we're going to be talking about wood. We are talking about wood at work specifically. What does that mean? Well, money may not grow on trees, but trees are big business in our state, with forestry being our second largest ag sector with a value of $1.25 billion every year. And today we'll be talking to some genuine Mississippi members that are making great strides in this diverse industry. We're happy to have with us Greg Harkins, master craftsman and owner of Harkins Chairs out of Canton, Mississippi. Ms. Pat Thomason, CEO and chairman of the board of the Thomason Company in Philadelphia, Mississippi. And Eric Chambers with Chambers Deliminator in Ackerman, Mississippi. Welcome, everyone. Let's start with you, Greg. Uh, when I think of handcrafted chairs, I automatically think of Harkins Chairs. How did you get started in this industry? Well, I moved to my great-grandparents' place after, actually my great-great-great-great-grandparents' place uh, after I graduated from college and uh, started working with an old man that built chairs. And he said, oh, if you like what I do, you need to meet Tommy Bell. And everywhere I went, they kept talking about Tommy Bell. And finally, long story short, had the opportunity to work for him. And it was real obvious as to why he was the hallmark. Hmm. Uh, just excellent quality. He taught you. He He's the one that taught me to build chairs. Wow. And uh, I spent a year uh, under his tutelage and another six months in his shop. Because he, he was, uh, at that time, 84. Hmm. and um, But still, he built chairs until he was about 90. Is that what he did for a living? Mm-hmm. Making chairs. Uh, never worked for another man in his life. Wow. Where'd he live? Uh, up Thomastown, Mississippi. Thomastown, Mississippi. That's a really neat story. Mm-hmm. And he was 84 when you were working for well, him? He was 79 when we started working together. Okay. Wow. And the first thing he said is, because I'd worked for some other chairmakers in the area, he said, first thing you need to do is forget everything that they taught you. I'm going <laughs> to teach you how to build chairs. <laughs> wow. That's good. Well, uh, tell us some of your secrets on that note. Well, uh, all depends on what you call secrets, sir. Well, you know, it wouldn't be a secret if I knew. That's true. You know, I have no secrets. Uh, I have people all the time come and ask questions, um, you know, about where I, how do I do this, where do I do that. I teach classes. Sure. uh, Try to get as many of them to go through the class as possible. I can teach you more in five days, and you can learn in a long time. Where do you start? I mean, you've got, you've got, I've a, got obviously. A, I've got a track of timber behind the house. Uh, I, most of my, I won't say most, but a lot of my wood comes from there. Mm-hmm. Uh, another thing is, a big thing is people having a tree go down or something like that in their yard, and they want uh, chairs made out of, you know, trees off their place, yeah. uh, uh, you know, off their farms whatever like that that's and, neat you know yeah. i've got a little sawmill so i uh you know saw my my logs into what dimension i need and like that uh all the parts are hand turned by me uh holes drilled assembled uh weave the backs and the bottoms put the arms on put the rockers on sign them date them and the big things try to sell them 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> got to have a market, yeah. So most of what your products are made from is Mississippi wood. That's all. Right. All of it. Wow, you are genuine Mississippi. That is great. Well, um, do you use uh, uh, any nails, staples? Uh, how does that You do? know, no, not really. If the chair is built correctly, yeah. you know, I do uh, use a little glue here and there, but it's not necessary. It's yeah. just insurance. Uh, and I, I'm not a, ashamed of a nail. Depends on what you're expecting that nail to do. Yeah. And uh, you know, it's it's a matter of if um, if you try to nail a chair together, it is not going to stay. Yeah. You know, I mean, it'll stay for a long time. You know, but you're going to rock build, a little bit, and it's going to get loose. It's going to yeah. get loose. Yeah. Uh, I build chairs. Uh, you know, I've I've got two chairs at my house that were made by a man named Morgan Haynes. Morgan Haynes worked for my. Um, did, built chairs for my great-grandparents to give to my grandparents to set up housekeeping with. My great-great-grandparents were at the wedding, and mm-hmm. there's seven generations of my family that have sat in those same two chairs. Wow. Um, actually, eight. Uh, but um, uh, my, when I was a little boy, I'd go up to the farm, you know, and Nanny would set her bucket down on this stump, open the gate, and she'd say the chairs on the back gallery, which was her pronunciation for gallery, I think, mm-hmm. um, were made out of the tree that came out of this stump. And then she'd go through all the different things mm-hmm. that they did with it and rendered out lard with the limbs and, you know, made the chairs and all this stuff, you know, like that. And we'd go pick up eggs and come back, and she'd set her bucket down and say the chairs on the back gallery. And go through this whole story again. <laughs> and I don't know if it was a senior you moment or if she wanted this little fat faced boy to remember. <laughs> that's good. You know, but I but well, I did. It had an impact in your life for Absolutely. sure. Absolutely. Yeah. That's really neat. Uh you you've actually made some pretty famous chairs. Uh, I happen to know that uh Commissioner former Commissioner Jim Buck Ross commissioned you to make a giant I don't know what's a giant double rocking chair yeah. that's, that is featured right in the uh, opening of our Mississippi Agriculture and Forestry Museum, and everybody comes and gets their picture. Uh, grown-ups look like babies when they sit in that chair, yeah. and it's a great, a great photo op, and I see your name on there, but uh, you brought some information today. You, you've had chairs go to some uh, really famous folks, even President Ronald Reagan and Nancy yes, Reagan. Well, I've, I've, sold, I've sold chairs in probably 35, 40 different countries. Um, every state, you know, in the union, um, uh, the first chair of any notoriety type chair went to Jimmy Carter. My banker and Mm. Jimmy Carter were were friends, (laughs) Okay, you know, like that. And, um, uh, Mr. Mack came by, I've got to have a chair. And he went down and said, Oh gosh, Mr. Mack, you don't want to tell your banker you ain't got any business. (laughs) And I said, Oh, I don't have one. I can just turn loose. He said, well, what about that one right there? I said, well, you know. I hadn't called that lady to tell her it was ready, so he scooped it up, took off, and told me several years ago where it went, and that was to Jimmy Carter. Wow. Uh, then after that, Reagan got chairs at the Neshoba County Fair yeah. uh, and then ordered five, ordered four more chairs after that one. Wow. And they went to the ranch and to the, you know, they're now in the library and the at the ranch and different places like that. You had you told us earlier you had a chance to go deliver them to the ranch and you were too busy. Yeah, you know, Miss Reagan called. <laughs> <laughs> the funny story about that is Miss Reagan called and uh, you know said that she wanted to order another chair, and wanted to invite me out to the ranch, and my mother said Gertrude, you know, you know she thought it was a practical joke. 
you don't like that. And he said, no, this, this is Nancy Reagan. Mm-hmm. And she said, Gertrude, you know, da-da-da-da-da, you know, are y'all coming over Friday night or not? You know, this kind of thing, you know. And uh, no, no, this is this is Nancy Reagan, you know. <laughs> and then all of a sudden it dawned on her, oh, my God, this is Nancy Reagan. <laughs> <laughs> and... Um, I come to find out too. I didn't. I didn't know this until just a couple of years ago. That Ronald Reagan called um, about two days later, hmm. <laughs> you know, like that, and talked to a, my sister's friend that was there, and she didn't even qualify it, you know, like that. And um, uh, you know, again Amazing. to invite me to the to the ranch, you know. Yeah. And I told Ms. Reagan though when I got, when I told the, I told her secretary. I never actually talked to her, but mm-hmm. I did visit with him two three times. Now that that whole thing is it's unbelievable, yeah. you know. There's well, no way I could make it up if I didn't have pictures, you know, with yeah, you know, circles and errors and a paragraph on the back. I couldn't couldn't look at you in the eye and tell you that. A great but journey. If you notice the this picture was taken at the Shelby County Fair when I went to the White House. Uh, Mr. Reagan signed it, and Nancy Reagan signed it. Wow. And they took it down to her, and she was uh, dyslexic, you know. And if you look at the thing, the numbers are, the letters are, some of the letters are backwards. Is that right? Wow. But after that, uh, Slick Willie got one. Um, <laughs> after that, uh, uh, Reagan Jr., I mean, uh, I mean uh, uh, George Bush, Bush. Jr. Mm-hmm. got one. Wow. And that made, made five in a row. Well, that is a lot to be proud of. You know, we have a lot to be proud of in Mississippi. This is one example. You, you've made chairs for presidents. The thing about that is that that's just how wonderful this country is, yeah. that you can make chairs in a little old milk barn and still have access to the president. Amen. Yeah, so and uh, that does not happen in other countries. Yeah, we take that for granted, don't we? You know, I had a uh, one time had a, an entrepreneur that came from Russia, and uh, uh, I said we're going to make a chair for the ambassador in the United States. And he said that the ambassador of the United States will not receive the chair. I said, no, no, no. This is what we're going to do. We're going to do this and this and this and this and you know. And you know, he didn't say anything else. And a little while later, I, again, you know, do this and do this. No, he said the the ambassador will not receive the chair. Wow. And I said, no, no, no. Look, this is this is what we're going to do. Da, 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 you know, like that. And then, um, <laughs> then after that, um, we got a. I called the Jeep Corporation, and they gave us a, a Jeep to drive up there. Hmm. And all this sort of thing, you know, like that. And he again said the ambassador will not receive the chair. Hmm. And we went to the went to the embassy, you know, like that. And uh, man, it was it was wild. Mm-hmm. I've never seen anything so beautiful, mm-hmm. you know, like that. And um, you know, he again told me the ambassador will not receive this chair. Hmm. And uh, this guy comes out, and I thought, oh, the ambassador, you know, like that. He said uh, that something about that he was the representative for the ambassador. Uh, as you know, there's, there is not an ambassador to uh, the United States from Russia at this time. <laughs> <laughs> and this guy's English was just not good enough to tell me why. Goodness, because there wasn't one. <laughs> that is funny. Wow. But we took we we ran the whole route. That is, that you know, is like great. That. That's amazing. Well, you you make uh, other products besides chairs. What else are you making? Well, mostly what I do, um, 
I, I stay pretty busy with St. Anne's Church. That's my great, 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 great grandparents' church that I've reconstructed, uh, planting flowers and all kinds of stuff, you know, like that, to uh, eventually get it to where it uh, will be like a venue for uh, reunions and uh, weddings and such as that. Mm-hmm. Um, being at a congregation of one, though, it's kind of a, um, yeah. let's say, a slow go, yeah. you know. Sure. But uh, I build, you know, tables, mm-hmm. grow gardens, and... Um, good-looking corn. Good-looking corn. That's good yeah. corn. That's good. Well, we're so... Uh, appreciative of you being part of our genuine mississippi program and oh, I'm, I'm proud i'm honored i yeah, really am we uh we, we want to show the world all the great things we had to be proud of and definitely your chairs and your products are are in that category so thank you well i am from mississippi amen you know i will live and die in mississippi yeah, we, we won't be ashamed of that either well uh i know folks can go to our genuine mississippi website and look you up but if they want to contact you or if somebody has a a fallen tree or a stump they'd like to get a chair made out of how do they get a hold of you greg uh well i've got a website harkinschairs.com mm-hmm. there's also a saint anne's website you know for that we're going to do family reunions and good and stuff like that venue. Also. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah great good deal well that is awesome thank you for being a part of this uh, program and and sharing a few minutes with us today greg. absolutely we appreciate it i want to uh go now to Pat Thomason. She's the CEO and chairman of the board of Thomason Company in Philadelphia. Welcome, Pat. Thank you, Commissioner. It's good to have you here. And tell us about the Thomason Company. That may be folks that don't don't know about your company. It's uh, been around a while, but tell us how you got started. Well, my parents started Thomason in 1972. They had uh, both been in the forest products industry before they got married. And after they got married, moved to Philadelphia. Dad was from the DeKalb, Mississippi, and wanted to move closer to his mother, but uh, worked for what was A.B. DeWeese Lumber Company, which became Weyerhaeuser, and Mm -hmm. it became time for him to just go out on his own, established a broker lumber company, and he was him and a part-time secretary that came after school, and my mother helped with the books, and that's the way we got started. Wow. But it continued to grow, and by about 74, we were selling utility poles mm-hmm. along with lumber. And then utility poles got to be the bigger part of our business. And now we've added uh, what we call we call dragline mats or mm-hmm. road board, just mm-hmm. crane mats. Yeah. To, to use that in like in, in a muddy place or out, out in the woods uh, for heavy equipment to drive over, those kind of mats. That's right. Protect yeah. your fields, protect... Uh, Make sure that muddy areas are safe to drive through. Yeah, yeah. So you're you're making utility poles. That's still a, a big part of your business. Yes, sir. We sell utility poles all over the world. Really? Yes, we do. We're very proud of it. How far do they go from Mississippi? Well, the, probably the furthest we've ever shipped is Bangladesh. Wow. And, but most of our exports are in Central and South America, and then the Philippines. Mm-hmm. And these are pine. By, by and large by and large they are pine poles southern yellow pine southern yellow pine we love southern yellow pine <laughs> they make a wonderful utility pole yeah, we got plenty of that in mississippi plenty of it and uh that's great so you've shipped as far as bangladesh and then i guess you sell here in the, in, in mississippi and in the southeastern region as well well most of our customers are east of the rockies so we east sell, of the rockies we sell all the way up to maine and really you know 
Mississippi Southern Yellow Pine is just a wonderful product. Mm-hmm. It's straight and it's strong. And you may not know this about your utility poles, but they have to be a very specific product. Their mm. growth rings have to be tight. That pole has to be straight. It's got to have certain uh, bend to it where it'll go with the winds and mm. the uh, lines that are on it won't take it down too easily. Uh-huh. So it's a really very, very strong product. Because it's flexible, I guess, enough to bend. That's right. Instead of break. That's and, why you use softwood instead of hardwood. That's right. I've never never really stopped and thought about that. That's uh that's awesome. And so your mats, what are they uh, what do you what do you what kind of timber are you using the forestry products uh, for, for such as mats and your other products? Mats pretty much are a mixed hardwood base. Okay. Uh most of our the mats we sell are hardwood only. There are some that have a might be a composite mat that have a inside that has a little pine in it, mm-hmm. but mixed hardwoods. Good deal. How many uh, uh, mills do you have? Uh, where, where are your Where's your operations at in now, Mississippi? In Mississippi, we have a mill in Macon. Okay. Over in the hill country, and then we have a mill in Yazoo, Mississippi, over in the Delta. We don't discriminate. All right, <laughs> all over Mississippi. That's great. So a truly grown and made product right here in Mississippi. Uh, you've been active, I know, over the years in uh, rebuilding efforts after natural disasters. They're, they're part of life, you know, and uh, including Katrina. Tell us about your work in that regard and helping folks get back on their feet. One of our largest customer bases is utilities. And, you know, I love being part of the utility industry because they love their customers. They mm-hmm. care about their customers. And they also care about safety. Yeah. So whenever a disaster strikes, whether it's an ice storm or a hurricane or anything else, utilities take care of utilities and their suppliers take care of utilities because yeah. everybody wants those lights to come back Absolutely. on. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, my, my lights went off last night. And the one thing I knew was they were coming back on, mm-hmm. and that is a wonderful feeling. Mm-hmm. But when a disaster strikes, we reach out to that utility and say, how can we help? Mm-hmm. And when can we get you product? Because you don't want to get them something they can't use. Mm-hmm. So we coordinate and just get that utility as much product as they need, as quick as they need it, and make sure that we're going that way. And that goes for the utility poles. Now, as it gets into it, they'll use some crane mats because if you're in a flooded area, those mm-hmm. roads yeah. and areas are not always safe. Mm-hmm. So we can come in and help you build those roads, make sure you can run your equipment, put up your lines, do anything else you need to make sure that you can get where you need to go and your people are safe doing it. That's a great, that is a great, uh, not only a business, but a great way to help folks. I remember after Katrina, my wife, Leslie, was uh, she had been uh, pregnant with our second son, Benjamin. He was born, actually, four days after Katrina. But uh, we were three weeks without electricity out in the country where we live, and I remember the day those lights. Well, I saw the, the, the utility truck pull by. I said, thank you, Jesus. We're going we're to have <laughs> you know, lights again. I always get sad when, it, when the lights come back on. Yeah. Where, I, you know, where I live, it, it stays off long enough okay. that you get pretty used to the lights being yeah, off. I <laughs> Well, uh, that's good. Uh, Pat, many people may not know there's such a thing uh, as the Mississippi Lumber Manufacturers Association. I want to congratulate you. You were the first female uh, past president of that association. 
and uh, want to congratulate you also as your business is a certified women's business enterprise. What does that mean for our listeners? Well, a certified women-owned business and we is certified through WeBank. And it's a national organization. So you're woman-owned. My mother and I own the majority of Thomason. And woman-operated. So the primarily the control of the company is mm-hmm. through women. Yeah. So I think I have a pretty heavy hand at Thomason. <laughs> but that's what qualifies us. And my mother's at work every day. If I don't have a really? heavy hand, my mother's at work every day. She's got a real heavy hand. She's yeah. only 82, 82 years well, young. Still working. Making sure that we all do right. All that's the children awesome. do right. Well, I always say uh, in whatever context I've been uh, involved in leadership positions, I always remind folks, including at church, that uh, us men folks, we do a good job talking and planning and laid it out. But at the end of the day, women get it done. <laughs> you got to have women on board to get make any project successful. And I commend you on those uh, distinctions. Thank you, Pat. Well, Commissioner, I do think it, if we all work together, we yeah. get a better product. Amen. That's exactly right. Where would someone go, uh, maybe a prospective customer or a business out there, where would they go to learn more about uh, Thomas & Company? ThomasandCompany.com. And that's T-H-O-M-A-S-S with two S's, O-N. Uh, thank you, Pat. We appreciate it. Anything I hadn't covered that you'd like to mention? Oh, I'm just proud to be here. So glad to be a Mississippian. I'm Mississippi to my roots, and we just love being part of all the special things Mississippi has to offer. Well, thank you for being a part. Thank you for being genuine Mississippi. It's awesome. And now I want to go to our our last guest for this episode, and that's Eric Chambers of Chambers Deliminator. What a neat name, uh, Deliminator. I'm going to get to hear a little bit about it. I saw a video of it earlier. And you're out of Ackerman, Mississippi. Eric, welcome to the show. Thank thank you, Commissioner, for having me today. And I am indeed genuine Mississippi. All right. That's <laughs> great. Thank you for being genuine Mississippi. And tell us, now you're a little different here. Uh, uh, Greg is making chairs and other products out of wood. Pat's uh, company is making utility poles and mats. And you actually have a, a mechanical piece of equipment that you have been manufacturing right here in Mississippi. You're one of our genuine Mississippi-made uh, equipment uh, manufacturers in Ackerman. Tell us about that. What what is the? Uh, tell us some history on the company, and then a little bit about the deliminator. I, I like saying that deliminator. It's really neat. Thank you, Commissioner. Our machine is a chain flail delimin apparatus machine that is used uh, primarily in the first thinnings of of young timber, pupwood timber that's uh, that's used uh, around the world. We've got them in in numerous countries. Uh, we started out originally in the in the pine belt of uh, of the South, mm-hmm. the Sun Belt, and. Uh, so that's that's we kicked off here in Mississippi, and we have a frame facility in Nettleton, Mississippi, hmm. where we produce the frames with the contractor there, and then we transmit them to Ackerman, where we assemble the machines. But this thing evolved out of uh, kind of an accident, so to speak. Hmm. 
We, uh, being in the logging business, been in it for approximately 30 years. But in the early days of it, the government put in place what's called the Conservation Reserve Program. Oh, yeah. Where they set out tens of thousands of acres, hundreds of thousands of acres. And as time progressed and the trees got bigger, 12, 15 years of age, depending on whereabouts, it was uh, to get the to get them harvested, to enter into the pulp and paper industry or the oriental strand board industry or what have you, parts of the segments of industry. Mm-hmm. And uh, trying to get rid of limbs, uh, of course, first and foremost, was that we used for chainsaws back in the day. And then we mm-hmm. went from that method that we went to using our skitters, pulling the wood uh, to the landing and backing these all of this mass of trees through a lemming gate, mm-hmm. and and it proved to be inefficient. So, after a stint of working at a younger age on a on a dairy farm, their local dairy farm, we had devised a a, a system that we debarked post for the uh, to build fences with. And so, after being in the timber business, uh, this thing evolved started evolving in 1995, and. And I thought, well, if I could build something on a much larger scale, somewhat similar to the uh, this post debarking apparatus, mm-hmm. I thought, you know, that might work. And and uh, had a got a pretty good background in blacksmith design and working in machinery right. and building uh, apparatuses. Mm-hmm. And so well, that's uh, that's kind of how it started. And uh, we. Uh, built the first prototype and put it to work and uh all i wanted to do was build a machine for our own use but as when i found out how good it would work i decided we would go to manufacturing them and got some other patents on the device and uh and we've sold them around the the country i I recall one of our first earliest machines going to georgia and it was, uh, and I looked up, and here comes uh, quite a lot of black vehicles. Uh-huh. And I look around there, and out steps Jimmy Carter on his <laughs> property. Wow. So that's pretty interesting how how things, uh, you know, that we how we look at some that is different ones. That is neat. Well, I, you know, you really have to see this machine to appreciate it. And that, where can folks watch that video uh, that I watched earlier? Is it on your website? Yes, it is. You can just Google ChambersDeliminator.com, and there are multiple videos showing from from South America, uh, Chile, in the Amazon River Basin as well, is on up into Canada, and Central America, the Northwest, and uh, just those areas. So another example how what we're doing in Mississippi really is impacting people all around the world, all around this country, all around the globe, and we have a lot to be proud of. When I was thinking about your your uh, equipment, you know, initially I thought it might be one or two trees at a time, but you that that uh, that skitter grabs a, a massive pile of trees and puts them in your machine, and all of them are delimbed in just a matter of seconds. Just uh, what is that? Five seconds? Yes, yes, approximately. <laughs> that's, that's mighty close. That's pretty impressive, and for you to be creating that right here in Mississippi, that says a lot about your ingenuity as well um how has uh, your deliminator impacted the pulpwood industry you know uh, uh timbers uh, as i said our second largest ag sector uh if the, we got the prices up a little bit more it'd be number one again i can remember a few years ago it was number one uh but uh how has what you're doing impacted the industry in general it's made uh the the contractor the logging contractor much more efficient in his uh, harvesting methods of getting more uh, 
more wood to the to the mill and uh we sold a lot of these machines based on the the theory of if it would produce you two extra loads a day it'll pay for itself in a year any business-minded person that can invest at that this earlier days uh well today it's about a hundred and thirty thousand dollar machine and something mm. that will pay for itself in one year mm. that's Pretty that's good. astronomical that's amazing and, and it does it yeah. it'll do that and it's got a long long life longevity longevity is uh, yeah. as well great that goes a long way, especially in the you know a, a tough market like we're in right now. You mentioned CRP. We have uh, trees in Mississippi as thick as the hair on a cat's back. That's what I like to say, and it's the truth. We have, as a result of that program, we have a overabundant supply in my in my view, and I think a lot of people's view overabundant, which is a blessing. We have a lot of resources here, but it also is uh, a depressing factor to the price of pulp wood. Uh, what are some of those challenges you see in the pulpwood industry and in your experience and knowledge of the industry today and knowing that we need more markets and we're working on some of those things, but what is, what's your insight on that? As you mentioned, markets are the number one problems and issues and, and deeply concerned as I look at my home roots, my home base of Choctaw County and doing the studies and uh, through the uh, Forestry Commission, through the U.S. Forest Service, our, just our wood basket there at home is doubling in, in mass every three years. Mm-hmm. So that in itself, when you multiply it around, the, around our state in the timber area, it's uh, – it's it's ramping up significantly, and and we've got to get our timber thinned. Uh, an acre of ground will grow X amount of mass. Whether you have a thousand trees a small size, or you have a hundred trees a larger size, yeah. it, it'll grow X amount of mass. So, uh, what am I seeing? And uh, I think it's pretty it's pretty bleak. Mm-hmm. And and that's uh, and we're very grateful for you and your staff for coming forward and and looking into this and looking at uh, a lot of these industries in Mississippi have, uh, need to be looked into and, and pushed forward. So how do we change this and uh, how do we grow our markets? Uh, just look just recently at Crossett, Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Koch brothers owned that Georgia Pacific and uh, shut down a, 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 a due to a press release, I see where they have shut down part of that facility. And they're going to, some of these companies are going to be buying pulp from other other countries. Hmm. How do we get back into that market? How do we, how do we relax our environmental impact and regulations to Hmm. where, to where we can build? Uh, Just a recent, um, recent in the past year, we'll call it a year or so, the Wycliffe, Kentucky mill has been purchased by a foreign entity. Wow. If I'm not mistaken, it's the Chinese that have purchased that. So are they going to be running a lot of pine fiber in that facility? If they are, uh, pine trees are grown in the south. When you get get up above Memphis, right. you're getting pretty bleak yeah. in, in, the, in the pine fiber market. Mm-hmm. So that's an area that uh, of, of you know looking into. To see if we could put in a satellite yard as as mm-hmm. chip mills as close as maybe one on a on the main line. We actually uh, our office established a timber market development division just just a few months ago, and Ginger Williamson is in in that role, and she's actually talked with the folks at Wycliffe on about that very issue. Matter of fact, but you know we are you mentioned environmental challenges. 
I had somebody tell me we'll probably never see another paper mill in our lifetime built due to the regulations and just the really uh, awful, difficult uh, 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 challenges to get these permits approved. So that and the fact that paper in general seems to be, you know, we're using less and less. But but on the other side, we're getting some pellet mills in. They need to have long term contracts. They can they can use that first thinning and uh, so yeah, it's a challenging market. But uh, there's some opportunities too, and we've just got to we we can't quit. We got to keep on looking for the new opportunities. And in addition to international trade, we've got some initiatives in that front that we're working on. And folks who uh, want our southern yellow pine, want our uh, our wood uh, products here, and so that's something to look for for the future as well anything else eric you want to mention that anything else that chambers does in your company that you want to mention not not really other than we are a logging contractor uh, a freelance meaning that we work on the private land ownership and uh or don't cut for the companies and and as i stated earlier we've uh, been in business approximately 30 years and uh my wife is a registered forester and works hmm. hand in hand within our business and uh, uh, and very grateful for yeah. being able to be at home and to to raise a family in rural America yeah. and be in Mississippi and uh, I'm genuinely proud yeah. to be you. a Mississippian. <laughs> We're proud. In We're proud of you and your company too. And uh, I would mention this last thing in closing on the timber industry. I think there may be some misconceptions out there, but there's nothing more sustainable than forestry. Uh, The trees that uh, we're blessed to have in this state, they grow, uh, they mature, and they die. And if, if we do not harvest them like any other natural resource and manage that resource, they're gonna get sick and they're gonna die and they're gonna burn up like they burn in California. Uh, a lot of dead wood out there. So uh, uh, forestry management is a sustainable. Uh, it's a sustainable process. It's a sustainable resource and a great opportunity for us as we look to the future and dealing with folks who are interested in that in, in uh, sustainable wood products. And I appreciate every one of you, Greg and Pat, Eric. Thank you for coming today. We're so glad that you came and. Uh, uh, where is your uh, – I'm going to fit this back in. Uh, Eric, where would folks find out more about Chambers Deliminator? You can go to the web, our website, go to chambersdeliminator.com, and then just you can research or search a lot of, a lot of videos of it and as well as click on contact, and uh, we're on the web. Great. Well, again, I want to thank all of you for being with us today, and we're proud uh, that you are genuine Mississippi and what you're doing. Unfortunately, that's all the time we've got for today, and I truly appreciate you for coming out to speak to us. Thank you to our listeners for listening in. You can find our podcast at genuinems.com forward slash podcast, and you can become a member at genuinems.com forward slash membership. If you want to find out more about Harkins Chairs, the Thomason Company, or Chambers Deliminator, you can always go to our website at genuinems.com. And there you'll find lots of other Mississippi-grown, raised, crafted, and made products. I am Eric Chambers, and I am Genuine Mississippi. Greg Harkins, Genuine Mississippi. I'm Pat Thomason, and I am Genuine Mississippi. Well, August happens to be National Catfish Month, and to celebrate that fact, we'll have some very special guests with our next podcast, Reeling It In. 
We'll have Katie Simmons Prosser, Marketing and Brand Development at Simmons Farm Raised Catfish in Yazoo City, and Roger Barlow, President of the Catfish Institute and Executive Vice President of Catfish Farmers of America right here in Jackson, Mississippi. And Jeremy Robbins is the Vice President of the Catfish Institute. He'll be joining us as well. Also, Chris McGlawn of Swifttown, who is serving as President of Catfish Farmers of Mississippi, I want to thank you again for joining us. As always, I'm Andy Gibson, and I am Genuine Mississippi. This podcast is Genuinely Mississippi Grown, raised, crafted, and made by MWB Studios.